Cinema Subtext, welcome back. Episode 7. This is Alex Ames. With me is Morgan Ventura. And today we have a special guest, our boy Taylor, who is typically writing blogs. Um, he's writing the blogs on the website. Uh, but today we're covering Modern Family, everybody, which is, man, what are we in, 10 seasons now? Yeah, 10 seasons deep, still going strong. Still hilarious. And we were talking about um, about Modern Family and... Obviously, again, as a reminder, this whole thing started because of a class assignment, communications uh, in mass media, and the whole subject of, the, of cinema subjects is talking about movies, TV, cinema, and the influence that all of this has in culture and in society, and man, Taylor and I were just talking beforehand, and he had some super good insight. Taylor, did you mention that you, you hadn't seen this before, but you watched a couple episodes, and you it was pretty obvious that there was some cultural stuff going on they definitely are trying to address some social issues in there Uh, obviously there's a gay couple in the show that just is immediately brought out and you know brought attention to they try to you know normalize it which is amazing and and show just what families can do and even if if their social differences uh, just really capture the essence of what family is and try to normalize that you know anybody can have a family and it doesn't matter if it's the standard male female couple or anything but that you know everyone can have a family and it's about the love and nurture and and outside of of bodily uh there's probably a better word for that uh uh, a physical uh, you know male female partners that can have a family and that there's different social aspects that can have uh, to bring a family, and especially living in this modern society. And I think that's what it's really capturing in those first couple couple episodes that I had watched. It's really interesting because in throughout the, the episodes, those two are like the key part of the family. Any advice that anyone needs, they always call one of... Um, they either, either call Cameron Tucker, who's played by Eric Stonehurst, and Jess or Mitchell Pritchett, who's played um, plays Jesse Tyler Ferguson in in the show. And um, so they they are like the key to the family, which is which isn't your typical thing, but in, in the in the series that's kind of what happens, and it's really interesting how how um, that whole family plays together. But kind of, kind of getting back, um, Alex. I kind of, I guess, like, wh- who are some of your, who, who made this show for you? Oh, dude, I have never seen a chemistry so organic and so cohesive than this cast right here. You've got uh, right out the gate. I think most people will say Ty Burrell is just the man. Ty Burrell that plays Phil Dunphy. He's just, he's one that everybody can relate to. He's, he's. Very, my wife makes fun of me because I can't say this word. Quirky, yes, right. Oh like, yeah, I and I, <laughs> I told, I totally agree because he's kind of the the he wants to be the ultimate dad. I you know I mean I feel like he wants to be there for everybody, but then at, yeah. at the same time he has his own dreams. That's exactly right. He's got his own dreams, his own. Um, it's almost like he's this caged animal inside and like the 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 personality kind of like comes out every now and again you know weird stuff uh it's it's so weird but it's hysterical um him and i also have to say that um eric stone street that that plays cameron um and then 
obviously there's Jesse Tyler Ferguson who plays Mitchell. Um, Eric and Jesse or Cameron and Mitchell, they're they play a couple. Uh, they're they're dating, right? They're uh, boyfriends forever, and then there's a season later on in the series where they do eventually get married. They're husbands, and um, I love watching them, especially when you know the actors. Um, Jesse Tyler Ferguson is gay in real life, but if you had to choose, I mean, you've seen a, oh yeah, you've seen the series. Pick one. Which one is more effeminate out of the two of them? I definitely would say um, Cameron in the movie. I'd Cameron, say Cameron, easy, easy, right? He's straight in real life, and not only is he straight, he's from Missouri. Like in the show, he talks about like being in Missouri on the farm, right? But that's bringing his life into the show because he's from Missouri. He went to K-State, go Wildcats, you know, like that's hard, big time conservative. You know what I mean? And here he is playing this character and playing every gay cliche in the book. Amazingly. Too. And doing it in an amazing yeah. way. I would have never, I would have never known that he's not, that he was not. I know. And you know, and I think, you know, that's when you know that, that, that cast is great. You know, when you, how about have, you, how about the, any like any specific actors that or actresses that so, just make it for you? Yeah. So I mean, I really love um, Gloria Sofia Vigara. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's my Latino side. Like everything yeah. she does, I just can relate to someone in my family. Like you doing know someone that. just like that. Oh yeah. There's a reason she's one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood, dude. Did you know that? I mean, we're talking literally one of the highest paid ever in history, just for a, a single appearance. Just crazy. Oh, that tells me that there's a reason. Yeah. And then I think I also um, really like, um, I like I like Ed, actually. Ed O'Neill, play, he plays Jay in the movie. <laughs> and, you know, he's just been a, he's been a solid actor since, Presence, you like, know, Little Giants. You know? <laughs> I know. I mean, Holy that's forever cow. ago. I'm old. Little I'm Giants. dating myself. But, like, you know, that that's, he's been a solid actor, very consistent in a lot of movies. And and TV shows and so he and you know he's just funny doesn't care, he just uh, kind of says what he what he thinks. I personally don't like it when someone says I have no filter, you know what I'm saying? Because usually that just means you're a jerk. Yeah, you know. But this guy he has no filter and he is not the guy that's saying that. One one character I want to just real quick touch on is Luke Dunphy, Nolan Gould. Did you know that this guy? is a genius. No, I didn't. Actually a genius. Like there's a there's a uh there's an organization for like high IQ people and he's in it along with like freaking Kesha. Oh wow. Who's also a genius. Did not know that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you you have interviews with these people uh specifically not to get off track but someone like Kesha and she'll say obviously there's this persona that she's known for, but she knows that it works and that's why she does it. She's brilliant. Everything is very intentional. Yeah, that publicity. That that publicity though, right? And Nolan Gould is brilliant. I mean, you watch him. Um, you were mentioning you hadn't seen a couple of the the earlier ep- uh, seasons, right? And so if you go back, you'll notice this kid is smart, like right out the gate. He's brilliant. And I don't know, going back to your original question, it's hard to just choose the one because I think the reason the show is going 10 seasons strong is because all these people are just working together. Yeah. Um, I think kind of kind of talking a little bit about like the cultural 
um, cultural aspects of this show. If you think about your family and um, all the things that it takes to have a successful family, and then you look at this family where they have many pieces, they have more than a normal family, and they're very successful. And because I think about in my family, you know, everybody has their their different things, their different personalities and that bring them together. But like I don't I don't reach out to my extended like for like a lot of advice. Like if I really need something, I'll be like, hey, dad or like, hey, mom, what do you what would you recommend on this? But like with my sister, like I always feel like I'm way more mature than she is and yeah and so i wouldn't like it's not the one that you're gonna go to for advice yeah but in this show i mean it's like this one i don't really like that advice that he gave me so then they go to the next one (laughs) i oh that that's good they're shopping for advice yeah and so it's really interesting because they don't care the the drama or the whatever they want the whole family to know about what's going on yeah even if it's something that they're really trying to hide it's like they'll like hey i got something i gotta tell you so you gotta keep it hush and then they're like, it's killing them. And then they... Oh, and then the whole oh, family yeah. knows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's interesting. So I don't know how... I mean, did you relate with your family? Have you... So 100%. Um, so my, my dad's a lawyer, right? So he's been a lawyer since I was 10, right? So he's been, he's been an attorney for the better part of 15 years. Longer than that. Way longer than that. Um, let's see. Yeah. Almost 20, almost 20 years. And everything with him is just naturally a deposition. I'll go to my dad for what is inevitably lengthy advice, advice. right? My mother is the most optimistic person on the planet. There is no such thing as a negative situation. So even if it's like dire, I'll go to her and she will find some way to spin it to be positive, you know? So in either case, there's amazing benefits. There is something to be said also about discretion (laughs) and uh, confidentiality, which you believe to be the case in a family, but it is inevitable. I mean, even in a family where you, there is that sense of trust, you know, they're going to talk about it. Oh yeah. Like in high school when I was playing baseball and like, so all of my friends and their moms are all pretty close you know with my mom and stuff yeah. and and i was really killing it and so in baseball oh she'd always be like oh yeah number so one fan my son you know <laughs> and they're all like yeah we know our sons are on the team too you know she'd always be like putting me at the top of everything you know and so it was like even if we go somewhere else like they're they a the parent would say something like oh yeah my son plays baseball for this school and she's like oh yeah do you know, well, do you know my son? He does, he plays this. He was in the newspaper, like this, this, this. Like I mean, and I'll be like, Mom, please. So she's like comparing you to oh, or, or like, trying to like kind of a one up sort of thing? Oh yeah, no, I'm like, there's there's God, Jesus, the prophet, and then I'm like right there. Morgan's like right there. I was like right there. I could do no <laughs> wrong. But my sister, on the other hand, she she got like between her and my dad, like it seemed like I was the favorite child, but sure. it was not the case. Like my dad and my mom, they like it's it all equaled out. But at the time, I'll tell you what, I never there got was to- some stuff. Oh yeah. I never got told no that I couldn't go to sleepovers. My sister, she'd get told no. 
like, no, we don't want you going anywhere. She'd be upset. Mm. Anything, I'd be like, hey, dad, do you want? can we go do this? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go do it. Let's go do it. My sister would ask. Nope. Nah. She's mm. like, no, we're not doing it. But she'd always ask him, too, at like the wrong times. Sure. She'd be like asleep. She'd Amazing how sometimes up. that's innate for you, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's all about time. timing. It, and it's the same thing in real life, too. Yeah. Everything release times, it's all about timing uh-huh. to have success. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I look back on that and I see like how it was so different, you know, for one child than it is for another child just by being a little more savvy in that aspect. With modern family, what I think is so, to speak to that, to speak to that point, this cinema subtext is geared around commentary on social influence. And the purpose of this entire podcast is to discuss, create some kind of a platform to discuss commentary on social direction. Taylor, you made a really good point at the beginning of all this. They're they're making it so that a quote-unquote modern family, that was an intentional title, Mm -hmm. talking about how a family is not defined by mom, dad, brother, sister. Mm -hmm. And I would even venture to say that it's not just the commentary on, look, you can be gay and be a family, right? That's, That's at face value, right? One thing that is like, okay, that's obviously something that could be said. But to speak to your point, talking about the families that kind of want to tell each other stuff and, and, and be kind of a close knit circle. Um, a modern family is based on what this show is advocating, at least to me, it's people that you trust people that you uh, can confide in and can relate to, you know, all these people in the show, modern family, they're going through everything, college careers, and oh, yeah. they're living, they're living with each other. And that's a huge commentary on what's going on. Going off the title, modern family, when we're talking about this and seeing, you know, that this is how other countries and other, uh, other, you know, people are seeing this as Americanized families. Do you think that in the future, people will look back on this show and say, this is a time that captured the essence of what it meant to be a family in the 21st century? Oh, dude, that is a, that is an incredible question. Um, I think a hundred percent. Absolutely. I would, if that's what you're advocating, I would second it in the sense that I think that there are these moments, and we've been learning about it in this class, right? Utah Valley University with this mass communication, or excuse me, with communication and mass media. A lot of these, there are moments in time where we're pointing to this and say, look, here's where the shift happened. Here's where something that was not common or taboo or whatever became normal. And I absolutely, this could be a platform for that. It's a great question. What do you think? I, I, I'm thinking the same thing. I think that the, the show encompasses so many different families, so many different backgrounds that it's hard not to connect. It's very hard. And I think that's what the show does very well is that, you know, even watching one episode, watching one episode in season 10, it's very hard not to connect with the show in one way or another with one family. It's hard not to relate to one character. And I think that's what the show is really capturing is that you can relate to this family. It doesn't matter if you have the same experiences. It doesn't matter if it's dramatized because you've dealt with this before. We're capturing what it means to be a family. The proof is in 10 seasons mm-hmm. strong. That's a that's a brilliant point, Taylor. It's, it's almost like um, they're painting with a broad brush, but in the positive sense. Usually when you say that phrase, it's like, you know, we're trying to include everybody, but they are very uh, aware that they're catering to several different people. Mm-hmm. 
And it doesn't matter what you believe, what you've currently been through. There is something in the show for everyone. At the same time, it's there's like this subtle shift. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a dramatization to, yeah. to make it entertaining, but still capture that pure essence. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, it's out there. Mm-hmm. It's become common. And all of a sudden, and I'll bet you, that's a, man, I'm still, that's a brilliant point. Because then you go out into the world after having watched Hulu, mm-hmm. right? Because this is exclusive with Hulu now, right? It's, I mean, it's ABC. It's owned by ABC, but it's on Hulu. And you go out into the world and you see circumstances just like this. And it's not weird anymore. It just feels good. You know, mm-hmm. it feels okay and mm-hmm. accepted because you saw it in a certain context that it was natural. So what might have been peculiar before is not anymore. Mm-hmm. So in your opinion, this is going to be the turning point where they say these are, this is what captures families in the 21st century. I think subjects like modern family. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you go throughout our the history of cinema subtext, for example, when we started way earlier than this you know the office um parks and rec um ironically one of the first ones we did was brooklyn on nine which is a little bit more progressive but things like the office um they were still trying to advocate for um for all of america you know in that context of this is the workplace we're going through these different experiences but even then they weren't including every scenario and they've ramped it up with Modern Family. They've made it so that no matter the circumstance, whether you're this this professional, this rich guy, this poor person, because it's all it's all there. And so I think to answer the question, this will be included in the conversation. Here's an example of when the shifting took place in media. I wouldn't say that Modern Family is like the show, but it definitely is included. Morgan, before this, you were talking about intercultural relationships. Um that's a very, very, I would say, critical theme of the whole show. Oh, yeah. And um, especially, you know, with um, um, Jay and Gloria. Um, She's from Colombia. Yeah. And you really see, because like, so from my personal experience, um, like Hispanic women, they're very, um, they're very dominant and they, they like things done in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see that in this show, but Jay does such a good job of um, of catering to her needs, but also at the same time teaching her the way that the Amer sorry, teaching her the way that the Americans do it, as he says. You know, he's super. That's true. He's super American. Like he loves everything about America. Like he lets her have her way, but also says, "FYI, this is how things are here." Yes. Just to- for your consideration <laughs> and you know and they do and the thing is that they they are a, a pretty unique couple because that doesn't that the way they act is not how normal intercultural relationships are you know they she really listens a lot and then he listens a lot to her would you identify your marriage as an intercultural relationship um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I guess you could say that me, you know, I'm, I'm half Dominican, my wife's, I'm half, uh, Filipino, Filipino. and, or is there, because Gloria is directly from Colombia, okay. whereas you're both American, but like, do you see any kind of a, you know, you, but you grew up with those influences. So mm-hmm. Do you see that in your, in your marriage? 
Um, so for me, I that one of my goals in life was to not um, kind of be like that relationship that, that there is, the general relationship where the man dominates the woman because that's how the Hispanic culture is. And that's just kind of what they do. I, I haven't figured it out yet, but the men are just... Not from like an, like an abusive standpoint, no, but more well, just like I mean, a... It definitely can be. Can be. If, in, those other, in those other countries, definitely. But in terms of like the quote-unquote who wears the pants kind of thing. Yeah. So when yeah. I'm in my relationship, I don't wear the pants. I don't. <laughs> like I... There are certain things where I'll say, hey, look, that's... We, that just don't... I don't think that's a good idea. But for the most part, I always try to be the most supportive that I can in that aspect. But like, then if I, you know, I look at, you know, my parents, my grandparents on the other side, my grandma from my dad's mom, she ran everything. She, Oh wow. She, her husband was literally the only Hispanic male that I have met that has been dominated by his wife. Have you, have you seen because of that? Have you seen your dad? Like be, more, I don't want to say submissive, but have, is she is does he tend to be more um, considerate to your mom and kind of give her kind of what she's hoping for, kind of thing? So no, um, <laughs> so my dad didn't. He like so my grandma got remarried when my dad had moved here. Okay. So my dad, like the Dominican culture, he's pretty typical. He's like it's mostly like his way. We all kind of adapt to that. Except for now. He's softened out a ton and is because like we all voice our opinions now. We're not scared anymore, <laughs> you know. And so like when I was growing up, like my dad never hit me or anything. Sure. My gosh, bro. Fear. I it was like a hundred. Like I, if I did not want to do anything, these kids these days, whew, they do whatever they want. And no That's parents so do true. nothing. They don't. They can't do anything. Their hands are tied because of all these rules and regulations. But my dad. Oh, you're just talking about like just like spanking your kid. Oh yeah, like my my dad never. He, I mean, he may have spanked me once, but it was like I was super little, and it was like a, it was just a crispy one, nothing like full on. It, and I just remembered it, right? I remember. I'm like, oh, don't want to do that ever again. And it was just a fear, so I never wanted to, you know, embarrass or yeah. disrespect or anything like that. But these kids these days, that's. Oh, Long dude. gone. Let me also just say, speaking of that, my dad grew up on a farm, right? So this guy is a lawyer, but he, like, we're talking Altamont, tough Utah, nails. tough as nails. And, like, I remember one time my brother and I, the only fist fight with my brother I've ever gotten into, I was 10. He was 8. Like, we're swinging. And my dad, <laughs> he takes it to the garage. Right, like we're outside, we're outside working, and then we got in a fight, and so the garage door is open. He says he takes it to the garage. He says, "Turn around," and takes off his belt. Woo. One hit is all it took. I mean, today you get arrested, and someone oh, yeah. would be like, "Oh my gosh, you've got like you're abusive," but like talk about culture, right? I mean, this guy, friggin' farmer. I mean, like if if you had a problem with your buddy, just beat the crap out of each other. You're good, right? And no hard feelings. Punch each other in the face, you're good. And like, we got, I mean, it wasn't, it was that one time, all it ever took. Oh, yeah. But 
I, I cannot imagine. Like, I'm feeling awkward right now just thinking, just talking about it because it's like today you get weird about that kind of stuff with back oh, yeah. then, man. Well, imagine him. Like, imagine him when he was growing up. When they were growing up, there was no rules. Oh, bro. dude, go cut a switch, boy. Oh, yeah. Get yeah. ready. <laughs> Buckle up. This is going to be a ride. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I, I also think, though, like in in this show, I feel like there's some some respectful kids and then there's kind of some that aren't respectful and I, I feel like it's a great blend it shows a true family you know because not every kid's going to be not every kid's going to be this perfect child but i do feel that manny um in this show and he's played oh, we haven't talked about him yet he's played by rico rodriguez he's the golden child gloria loves that kid the what he's he's the definition of mama's boy oh yeah you know <laughs> And but then there's Haley, who's played by Sarah Highland, and that is Phil and and Julie or Phil and Claire Claire's daughter. She's at another like, level. Of- classic American like <laughs> rebellious teenager, you know. It's like ugh, mom, you know. So that, drama. Uh it's and and you've got uh, Manny who is. Uh, they kind of take his personality to a whole new level where he's like the kid that's like, I mean, I mean, he eventually grows up into college. But like at the beginning of the show, he's like this little, you know, 10 year old boy, little that, chubby guy, little chubby kid that knows fine etiquette and dining and like manners just can do no wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the thing is, is he's surrounded by every type. Like he's chaos. Got, you know what I mean? Well, he's got, you know, um, Cameron and Mitchell who he learns all of that stuff, all of He relates this. to that. And so, I mean, I feel that it's it just really, it gives you a good grasp of what to expect. Like if you're debating on, on kids, you know, this is a great show to, to see. Because it covers all the bases. To wrap up this episode, I wanted to talk, Morgan, about what you were saying about competitive families and how because of this family and the dynamics, there's definitely a, a competitive undertone with all of this. And I bet you there's tons of people out there out there that can relate to this. Yeah, and so kind of just what I've seen what I saw in the in the season 10, um there there's an there's an episode where um Jay gets a call and it's the 4th of July and it's been his dream. It's like so um Gloria says, "Oh my gosh, now there's only one thing left on your bucket list because this was a high priority. He wanted to run the parade, say his speech, and prove to all his old buddies that are there that, you know, they recognize him as respectability. The top, the top guy, top yeah. alpha dog, you know? And it's just like amazing. Everybody's so excited. Gloria too. They're all planning this thing. And he just goes into this mode where it's all about him. He's so competitive to get to get where he want what he wants. Yeah. He doesn't realize later on that Gloria is so sad because Manny can't come back from college. They have a tradition. So here's like to do Fourth of July yes. a certain way. And so here's Jay. He doesn't even he can't he's so competitive and, and all the episodes it's the same way. I Blinders. Like, yeah. That he just sees this one goal that he's just ready to get. That it takes the family. Um so Julie says, Dad. Do you, where's, he's like, where's Gloria? And she, he, she's, here he goes. Jay says to Julie, hey, where's Gloria? Well, don't you know, man, he can't come back. And she's really sad. Mm. Immediately, his competitive switch shuts off. And he's 
we got to get fireworks. Give me the laptop. He becomes the protector. Yes. Give me the laptop. He hops in this little toy car that he he borrows from this guy <laughs> in the parade and drives all the way to her, flips on FaceTime, and makes her day. Oh, that's awesome. You know, and then there's another scene. It's This was my favorite one, is that he... So, um, Phil and... So Phil and Luke are in a hot dog cont- hot dog eating contest, but uh, Luke doesn't want to do it because he's stressed out about school. He's afraid that he's gonna fail out of junior college, mm. so he like doesn't even want to apply or like go. And feels like if you don't in the middle of this yeah. hot dog eating yeah. contest, he's like, look, if you don't do it, if you don't take the chance, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not you, you can't won't fail. know. Yeah, and he's like, and the the reason that you're worried about failing is because you care. You're going to succeed. And then they just kill the hot dog uh, eating contest. That is contest. such a brilliant point. You know, at first, it, but at first it was like, I'm going to whoop you, son. I'm going to beat you in this hot. They've been training. They've been yeah, doing yeah, all yeah. these exercises. Uh-huh. And then it was just in the middle of it. They had this awesome <laughs> moment where they could set aside that competitiveness. And it was just great. Now that you're mentioning it, it seems like almost every episode has that little bit of a competitive spirit with all of this. Because you've got like these two characters you've got these two characters claire and mitch that are brother and sister and there is that very tangible sibling rivalry cutthroat. that it's cutthroat right and so there there is like almost the framework of these episodes is like a competitive thing almost that eventually gets resolved and they're like okay i was focusing on the wrong thing i love you right but it's so real yeah and and I think that's the one of the great things about this show is that it 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 teaches us that our family is important. Our family is the most is the most important thing that we have, you know. So it those out there that are struggling with their family, you gotta find a way. You have to find a way because they're the ones that are always gonna be there, you know. Cinema Subtext Episode Seven. Next time we'll be covering Friends. We're gonna take it back back to the uh, to the late '90s, early thousands. Cinema Subtext. We cover all things. TV, movies, all things cinema, um, and discuss how it goes right into the culture of of our daily lives. Thanks so much, guys, for joining us. Um, Alex, Morgan, and Taylor, we will see you next time. <laughs>